watching Kramer We'll see how this goes. Haven't done this in a while. Haven't been on TikTok in a while, so we'll see how this goes. They never let me go live anymore. I'm such a troublemaker. They won't let me on. But we'll see how good tonight goes. We'll do a half an hour here or so and see how that turns out. How you doing, America? Long time I've talked to you. Um, <clears throat> I think it's interesting. <laughs> I think it's interesting that uh, what we saw happen yesterday uh, was one of those deals where um, the federal government tried with all of their might, all of their power, to um, curtail Tucker from talking to Putin. Why? Well, because they were afraid of what was going to happen. That's, that's why they were doing it. Um, and it's amazing to me that fellow journalists are calling for Tucker Carlson not to be able to return to the country, calling him a traitor for simply asking questions. This is the state we live in. Oh, well, Putin's a, Putin's a dictator and, and, and he's bad. Okay, I get that. But American journalists wouldn't talk to Hitler. Didn't have a problem with that then. Getting to the bottom of what the story is, that's what journalism is about. Well, he's, he's just going to spread propaganda. Okay, well, that's up to you to discern. Not your fellow American. Not Congress. Not politicians. You. When, when, you, um, when you read something or you hear something or you see something, do you run off to, to the mainstream media? Do you go off to and send a letter to Rachel Maddow or, or anybody at CNN or MSNBC and ask for permission to, to, to see this material? No. You look at it and you go, I don't believe that. Or that's exactly what I believe. That's what happens. It allows you to make your mind up for yourself. But when you jump in with a group of people saying, well, nobody should be able to hear what, what Tucker Carlson is going to say, and nobody should be able to hear what Putin has to say, that sounds oddly reminiscent of censorship. I want to hear what a Putin has to say. I want to hear what Biden has to say. I wish he could say it better, but I, I want to hear what these men have to say. Then I can make my mind up. How about you? Aren't you tired of this bullshit? You can't hear that. It's not that they can't say it. They don't care that they say it. They don't want you hearing it. That's the issue. So when we look at what's going on here in the nation and you see this call for Tucker Carlson to be silenced, to not be let back in the nation, let back in the Capitol, when you, um, you see what happened with Biden's presser yesterday, which just proved beyond, beyond a shadow of a doubt everything that we believe. I mean, he gets up there and says that Mexico is going to shut down their border with Gaza. Seriously? This is the guy leading the free world. And that's why there, there's a push to, to get rid of Joe Biden. <clears throat> I don't think it'll happen. I, I don't think they'll 25th them. What they'll do is they'll, they'll, they'll have their convention. Uh, they'll get rid of their get done with the convention. Joe's their guy. And then Joe's going to turn for the worst. And they're going to need to get somebody else in there. But it's going to have to be after the convention. Because then the caucus does it. They don't need any states voting for anybody. They can just put a new name in there. Who's it going to be? I don't know. Gavin Newsom? Um, Michelle Obama, maybe, right? Um, my, my money's on Gavin Newsom. He says he's not going to do it, but you don't head off to China and meet with the Chinese uh, head of state because you're going to continue being the governor of California. That's not the way that it works. So it's a little bit disingenuous to say that that's, going to, that that's the case, is that 
Gavin's not going to be the next guy. Gavin's the next guy because that's all they have in the Democrat Party. Now, there's a bunch of people who've raised their hands since Joe's presser yesterday saying, hey, pick me, pick me, pick me. You guys could have had um, RFK Jr. But nope, they pushed him out because they didn't want it to be him. They want to con- maintain control. They don't want to, they don't want another Democrat. They want another demigod, demagogue, someone that they can control and, and, and manage. And that's what's going on right now with Joe Biden. Um, you know, as a person, and this is what's interesting. People say, you hate Biden. I don't hate Biden. I don't even know the man. I hate his policies. I hate what he's guilty of. I hate seeing the corruption that he's, he's been associated with. I hate all of those things. But Joe Biden, the man, I don't have any hate for the guy. I wish him well as another human being. I couldn't care less. I just don't think that he should be in charge anymore. And people see that as, well, you hate him. I don't hate him. You hate, you hate Donald Trump? You hate Trump? Why? You don't even know the man. You only know what you know about the man. You've been playing the telephone game. Well, I I don't like... Okay. The difference is, is that I think Joe Biden should go because I think he's feckless. But I don't think Kamala Harris is or Kamala is any better. And there's a bunch of Republicans I don't want in there either. For the same exact reasons. So for the last three years, we've been telling you that this day was going to come. I thought it would come in 22. I thought they would do it early and, 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 and be able to have the last two years and really move. But no, they don't need to do that. They, they, they were able to do everything they wanted to because the Republicans are even more feckless than the Democrats, than Joe Biden. They have no balls. They're afraid of doing what needs to be done because they're moderates. They're not, they're not real Republicans. They're not conservatives. They're go-along to get-alongs. That's why uh, today uh, in the state of Indiana, I filed uh, for county, um, uh, uh, county um, um, council at large uh, for a reason, because we've got to get control at the local level. Federal doesn't matter. Everybody thinks federal, federal, they get all the attention. But folks, everything that federal is doing to you happens at the local level. And they can't do it if they've got county councilors, uh, councilmen, if they've got uh, commissioners, uh, if you've got people in the county that are strong conservatives or strong-willed and will not let this stuff go through, then it stops. Remember, I've been telling you for the longest time, get involved. Well, the, the elections are all rigged. Yeah, because we're not in charge of them. The people are supposed to be in charge of the elections, not the state. It was never supposed to be the state. In the state of Indiana, the, the, uh, the elections are run by the people in the Constitution. The people. Not the party. The people. The party isn't the people. You and I, average everyday citizens, we're the people. We're the ones that are supposed to keep them, you know, on the up and up. When you allow the politicians to run the elections, it goes sideways every time. So why am I getting, getting involved? Why am I running for office? Because of that. And I would have run for um, precinct committeeman and delegate as well, but we've got good people in those positions already, so let them stay there. They're good patriots. They're fighting the fight. But for those of you who say that nothing's ever going to happen, let me explain to you what's happened in just the last few weeks with with what I've been doing, okay? Um, Because I got off my couch and off these devices, I, I headed into a blizzard and went into Davenport, Iowa to caucus for Trump. I've got it around here, so where is it? Do I have it up here? Where'd I put it? I've still got my badge somewhere. It's somewhere here on the desk, I think. I don't know where it's at. 
Um, but I went to go caucus for Trump in Davenport, Iowa. Drove into a blizzard to do that. Then last weekend, or last week, headed down to the border to Eagle Pass to see what was going on down there. Ended up on Fox News on Wednesday of this week for um, Bud Light trying to macho things back up. That's just been the last couple of weeks. Why? Because I get off my ass. I don't sit back at home and scream and yell into a device and have arguments with people on these devices. I go get involved. No, it's not easier for me. That's what the one thing, oh, it's easy for you, Kramer. It's not. It's not easy. The truck broke down on the way to, to Davenport. No heat going into 22 below zero weather. No heat. No, it's not easy. Went to Texas. No shit. The truck to Texas broke down. Different truck, different driver, different guy. Same thing. I think it's maybe it's me. Um, got outside Oklahoma City and the front end of the, the truck fell out. Fluke. So at 1030 at night, I jumped in. I, I, I got an Uber out to the airport. I got a rental car and I drove from Oklahoma City to San Antonio overnight so that I could meet up with another guy to get to Eagle Pass by that morning. No, it's not easy. So fucking tired of people telling me, well, one man can't do anything. I'm one guy. I'm one guy. It's amazing what I've done in the last year. And I'm not bragging about myself. That's not it. What I'm trying to tell you is if you get off your ass, you can do the same thing. I would love to see you guys out here. It's lonely out here. We need people out here. But people keep saying, well, the system is rigged. Yeah, it's rigged. You're right. We're trying to unrig it. Ever tried to fix a machine by yelling at it? Ever tried to fix something by just screaming at it? Fix yourself. Fix yourself. Do something about yourself. Won't happen. Won't ever happen. You got to get your hands into the machine. You got to get dirty. And you can't do it sitting there and screaming and yelling about how bad things are and expecting the machine to fix itself. It won't. The machine needs new parts. And in this allegory, you're the part. You're the cog. You're the wheel. Because if you offer something better to the American people, they'll generally take it. Especially if they're, they're um, on the verge of losing their shit because of what's going on right now. So for you folks that are sitting there wondering, you know, how do I get involved? Well, the first thing is, in most states, whether you know it or not, precinct committeemen and delegates... They're not the lowest of the low. Everybody's, well, they're, they're just a precinct committee, man. They, don't, they control the elections. And when there's a special election, meaning, for example, um, I'm running for county council. I win that, I'll be a county councilman. But if another gentleman that I'm working with, Charles Bookwalter, he's running for Congress, if he wins, well, not if, he's going to win. When he wins in this primary against Jim Baird, when that happens and we go to D.C., then I'm going to step down from my council job if, if I, I'm lucky enough to win that election and go to D.C. to be his, uh, to be Charles's um, chief of staff. Yep. What I'm saying, folks, is that that wouldn't have been possible if I hadn't gotten off the couch and done things and been involved and, and started causing trouble in my local community. We, we want fair, free and fair elections in our, in our local community. I don't care about your community. That's your problem, not mine. I'm dealing with mine. 
I can only chop down one tree at a time. I can't chop down the tree in your community. That's your responsibility. I'm chopping down the trees in my community where I can make a difference. So we want free and fair elections. We want ballot paper ballots. We want one day of voting. That's what we're working for in the state of Indiana. But we've got to take it one at a time. It doesn't happen overnight. So what I've been telling you guys for the last almost four years is get off your asses and get involved. The system is corrupt because there's not enough eyes on it. Do you think that if they cheat me, I'm going to be silent about it? Do you think if they do something nefarious, I'm going to be silent about it? You think I'm going to keep my mouth shut? You think I'm not going to say something about it? Fuck that. I walked into the courthouse today and had to take my gun back to my car because there's no guns in the courthouse. The building that is set to, you know, protect our rights and defend the Constitution says you can't bring a firearm. You can't exercise your Second Amendment in a courthouse. That's next. We're working on that in Indiana, too, because it's not a law. It's a rule. So, yes, I gave the, uh, the, the deputy sheriff, the sheriff's deputy, a tongue lashing on why he would send there and make me take my gun back to my car and make me not be able to exercise my right. I can't protect myself the same way that you can in here, sir. Why do you have special rights? Well, it's the rules. When did you start defending rules? You're supposed to defend and uphold the Constitution and laws, not rules. It doesn't stop, folks, unless you say something about it. And that's what I've said for a long time. If you don't have the courage to tell your boss, I'm not wearing a mask while I'm here at work for eight to ten hours a day, I'm not doing it, then you don't have what it takes to tell your government to fuck off. If you don't have the backbone to, to tell your spouse or your, your, uh, your, the, the person that you love, no, I ain't doing that shit. I don't agree with it. If you don't have the courage to do that, then you don't have the courage that it takes to tell your boss to fuck off. You see where I'm going here? Folks, it doesn't get better with, with, without you saying no. If you know what our founding fathers did, I know people hate hearing these stories. Oh, it's the lowest common denominator thing that they did was this. They said, no, I'm not doing that. And, and let's really visit this, the, the, the Revolutionary War. Let's talk about that. You ready? The, the U.S. Revolutionary War, it wasn't a war where they wanted to overthrow King George. They didn't want to overthrow the king. They just wanted their rights back. That's what most people don't understand. Two things were happening at the same time. King George was restricting the rights of the British citizens of the colonies and at the same time taxing them to death. It was a three-cent tax. Not a three-percent tax, a three-cent tax. And they said, no, we're not doing it. But there was a bunch of other stuff going in as well. They, they wanted their rights back. They wanted to be able to, uh, to live their lives as free Englishmen, and that wasn't happening. That's what we fought over. Now, I think it's interesting that I don't want to overthrow the, the federal government. We need the federal government. I don't want to overthrow state government. We need the state government. I want my rights back. I want to be able to speak freely. I want to be able to travel freely where people aren't afraid to go to the border, to a convoy, and gather together and, and, and redress grievances against our nation peacefully. People were afraid of doing that because in the United States, they thought it was a trap. Listen to yourselves. You didn't go and you didn't want others to go because you thought it was a trap in the United States? Really? It was a trap. 
Should you be afraid of your government in America? Should you be fearful of your government in America? You shouldn't be. You shouldn't fear that you're going into a trap in America. China, maybe? Russia, maybe? Uh, uh, Iraq, Afghanistan, any of the nations in, in Africa? Uh, South America? I, Maduro? Yeah, I can understand where you might be a little bit afraid of going to Venezuela and, and going to an event like that because maybe the state police will come and get you. But in America, we have rights! I shouldn't fear going someplace because the FBI might be watching me. So I don't. I go. Isn't that amazing? I, I, I act like an American citizen because I'm not afraid of the government. The government should be afraid of us. We're the ones that do everything. I mean, if there was a, there was a big enough push to where 10, 15 million people said, we're not going to work tomorrow. And not only that, we're not paying taxes for the next 30, 90 days, whatever the period is. We're not doing it. What would the federal government do? They'd, they, they, they're fucked. Because all they have is the threat of violence. That's it. All governments, all governments use the threat of violence to make you do what they want you to do. You won't take the vaccine, we'll take your job. You don't pay your bills, we'll take your home. So you better take the vaccine so you can pay your bills so you don't lose your job. It's an either or all the time. It's always the threat, the threat of violence. That's all they understand because they're bullies. That's all the bully understands is violence or the threat of violence. Am I preaching violence? No, I'm stating a fact. Governments only understand violence or the threat of violence. That's what they use to get you to do what you, they want you to do. Won't pay your taxes? Fine, we'll put you in jail. Won't get insurance for your car? Sure, drive on your drive and we'll take you off the roads and put you in jail. Do as we say or you'll go to jail. Do as we say or we'll take everything from you. We'll sue you into oblivion, just like the state of New York is doing to the Trump family right now. Folks, they're, they're not, there's no crimes. They, they're sending a, a warning. No different than the dog whistle that was heard this last week by Bragg. Alvin Bragg allows the, the guys that were beating up cops. Now think about this. He let the guys who beat up cops out. Meanwhile, they're saying, we've got to lock all these motherfuckers up that were on the hill on January 6th. Even if they didn't touch a cop, they got to go to jail. They got to pay their, they got to pay their dues to society. Meanwhile, if you're an illegal alien, you can beat cops up and they just let you go. Now that's a dog whistle, folks. That tells all the other illegal aliens that are here in this nation, hey, do whatever you want. We're not coming after you. In fact, we want you to do this. We're going to pay you to be here. That, that's what that dog whistle is. The other reason, folks, that, that I am who I am and I do what I do is because I'm an American citizen. I'm not a subject. If you're afraid of your government, if you're afraid of doing something because of what the government may, may do to you, you're a slave. You're not a citizen. You're a subject. No different than living under King George. If you're afraid of doing something because of what might happen, that the government might come get you, they might look into your tax records, they might do this, they might do that. That's what they want you to do. That's the threat. Here's the thing, folks. They don't have the authority to do it. That's why they've got to go. That's why you've got to get involved because they're not going to change until you make them change. It's no different than the bully. Bully on the playground, remember those guys? They grew up and now they're in government. 
and they're doing the exact same thing to you. It never changed, folks. The scale of the playground just got bigger, but the rules never changed. And here's what's odd. The bullies don't play by the rules. That's how they get ahead. Hunter Biden, play by the rules? Doesn't need to. He's protected. No, he can make $100,000 a month from a Chinese organization. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. He's not playing by the rules, and the rules do not apply to him. They apply to you, though. If you were on the Hill on January 6th, yeah, you might be in trouble. If you got a loud mouth on social media, if you said some things that they don't like, they'll come after you. They'll sue you. Guess what? We're still American citizens. Yes, that's the pain that's caused by freedom and liberty. But just like the playground, at some point it ends. Because the bullies always get taken out at some point. Will it happen in my lifetime? I don't know. I hope to God it does, and I hope I'm there when it happens. It doesn't get any better, folks. It does not get any better until you get involved. That's why I've decided to run for even a small office. Because I want to say in what happens, and I want to be in the county level to where I can make a difference immediately in my community to kick out the go-alongs and get-alongs, to inform them we're not playing this game anymore. We're done. We're going back to constitutional rule in this country. We don't care what the who has to say. We don't care how what the WEF has to say. We don't care. Do you know why? Because they're not in the Constitution. If you want them in there, have the balls to put them in there that that's where our authority comes from, if that's what you want. If you're on the left and that's what you're advocating for, then go through the measure of doing it because you're going to have a fight on your hands. That's why you don't want to do it. You want to weasel your way in. You want to power your way in. You want to bully your way in. No different than FDR. When they, when they did all the deals that they did back then, and reporters would ask them, well, did you, did you guys, uh, did, you, did you include anybody? Hey, man, it's already done. Don't worry about it. That's what FDR said. Almost a direct quote. Don't worry about it. It's already done. There's nothing to be done about it. It's already done. And then we find out in hindsight just how much corruption was going on during that period. Folks, it's no different than now. There's a great program. If you've got the, uh, if you've got the ability to do this, um, I know it's available on a lot of podcast and book, uh, book sites, um, but on Audible, they have a book called um, The Politically Incorrect Guide to American History. It's, a, it's an eight-hour uh, read. Um, the guy's not really exciting, but he is insightful. And folks, it is one of the best audiobooks that I've heard in a long time. In fact, when I get done with it, I'm going back and listening to it again. This time I'm taking notes. That's how much of an impact it's made. If you get the opportunity, you should go listen to it. Make the investment, eight hours, and you'll find that what was happening leading into World War II is very similar to what's going on right now. What FDR did back then to justify getting into the war that he put us into, everybody knows he did it. All the, uh, all the uh, professors and all the authors, they all say, Roosevelt worked his ass off to get us into the war, in particular, into the war with Japan. That they did it on purpose because the New Deal wasn't working. It wasn't turning out to be the way that they wanted. And here's what's funny. Everybody associates the boom after World War II with being the fact that we had just been through a war and everybody was flush with cash and the economy was good and and. The real, the real reason is because FDR died and his programs, many of them, and the way that the government was running and interfering with the economy stopped. When Truman came in, that shit stopped. 
And then through the 50s, we had some of the best times in American history as far as the economy. The Fed wasn't going crazy. Their inflation was low. We were paying our bills. And at that time, I think that we only had, uh, our, our, our debt was in the billions. Billions, not trillions, billions. And they saw a path to paying it off. The, the war, we were so flush with cash. They, oh yeah, we can do this. And nope, we've never paid that money off, folks. It just got kicked down the road. We're still paying, part of our debt right now is still paying for World War II. That's how bad and how, how egregious the system is, how greedy the politicians are. If you want something different, you've got, to, you've got to do something different. You can't continue doing the exact same thing and expecting a different result. Einstein said it, right? It is that doing the same thing over and over, the, 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 uh, what is it, the, uh, the definition of insanity is doing the, the same thing over and over and over again and expecting a different outcome. That's insanity. So I've been advocating for this, anybody but the incumbent. Unless you've got a good, unless you've got a good person that you really, really like and is doing the job, right? And you're really with them. And I don't care what side of the aisle you're on. I'm saying both sides of the aisle. It's, um, it's apparent, folks, that we are, we are in trouble in this nation. And us fighting each other over this bullshit of race and transgender. and all. These are the wedges that divide us. If you sit down and talk to most people, and this is what's interesting, because I do so much of my content in black and white, nobody knows what I look like. Nobody ever recognizes me, which is fucking awesome. Because I go and I'll sit down next to people and I'll be listening to their conversation and eventually I'll jump in and find out that whether you're on the left or whether you're on the right, we agree about on 98% of the shit. It's only that, that wedge stuff. Well, they're the worst people on the face of the earth. Nope. Nope. We're the firefighters, the police, the doctors, the construction workers, the people at the store, the truck drivers. We're all of us. We're, we're a melting pot of people. And this fight that they've got us in over these stupid issues, over one-tenth of one percent of the population, everybody's up in arms about one group of people or this group of people. Folks, they don't matter in the big picture. They don't. Go back and read through history. And what you'll find is the same arguments, the same exact arguments that were being made by FDR in the 1930s up to 1945, the same exact arguments are being made today by the left. Go back and learn how the Democrats cozied up with the Nazis during that period. How they, they thought that that was awesome. They also sided with the, the, uh, the, uh, the communist. That's what's awesome about this, this um, politically incorrect guide to American history. Is that it, it shines a light on things that we'd heard but gives specifics to it and says, this person right here did this. Joe McCarthy, for example. I'd been taught my entire life that Joe McCarthy was the worst thing on the face of the earth and come to find out he wasn't what they portrayed him as. He wanted communists out of government. He didn't do the bullshit with Hollywood. That was Congress. Congress did that. He wanted the communists out of government. He didn't want them being able to get into government. Um, the uh, J. Edgar Hoover was saying the exact same thing. A quote about McCarthy from that period was, at least somebody's doing something about it. 
And what have the, the mainstream media in this nation done? Well, they've, they've tarred and feathered Joe McCarthy. Un-American. What he did was hateful. He just wanted to make sure that our government did not have communists in the government. He didn't care about Hollywood. See how you've been misled? You've been led down the, the primrose path to believe something that isn't true? And they didn't, nobody ever told me these things about Joe McCarthy, but I was led to believe these things about Joe McCarthy. So that when you go and investigate what he's actually done, what he was actually fighting for, and then, and this is what's interesting, who his friends were. JFK. Robert Kennedy Jr. asked Joe McCarthy to be the godfather. I'm sorry, Robert Kennedy asked Joe McCarthy to be the godfather to who? Robert Kennedy Jr. So the Kennedys didn't, have, in fact, McCarthy dated Kennedy girls. The Kennedys and McCarthy were tight. So you're trying to tell me that the Kennedys, the, the pinnacle of you know, Democratic, uh, Democratic uh, royalty, they were friends with Joe McCarthy. When you know your history, folks, it changes the perspective because you can tell directly when somebody's lying to you or trying to mislead you. We've got tough days in front of us, and it's going to take you getting involved to change that. That's the one thing they don't want. That's why they put the barriers up to you getting in in the state of Indiana. They put rules that said you couldn't, you couldn't run as a candidate unless you'd voted in two primaries in the state of Indiana. It's not in the Constitution. It's a rule they made up. A rule. We're not guided by rules, folks. We're a land of laws. And the laws are equal for everyone. I was on with Lumberjack last night. He was on my podcast. And we talked about this um, just at the end talked to him on several occasions. We've never discussed race. Not one time. We don't talk about race. We talk about what's wrong with the nation. And there's nothing wrong with the race in the nation. The only people that are upset with race in this nation are people who are monetizing it, paying their mortgage by saying that person over there hates you because of the color of your skin. And if you give me enough money, I'll go fight for you. That's where the problem is. Morgan Freeman put it best. You want racism to end in this nation? Stop talking about it. Start treating each other with kindness. That shit will stop. But nope, people got to make money on it. I was part of a development of, a, uh, of an application uh, a few years ago, a uh, phone app. Uh, it was called Peopleocity. Didn't get off the ground. Owner would not get off that name. He loved that name. He'd come up with it in his sleep. He'd had a dream about it, and he thought that that was going to be it. Peopleocity. You can't even fucking spell it, let alone say it. It was hard to say. I wanted to change it into a rant and rave because that's what the, the app really was. It was an app that would allow you to, to um, push a button in a store and complain or, um, what's the other word? If you're going to complain, you would, um, well, not rave. That's the name of the app. What's the, what's the, uh, what's the other? I'm going to compl compliment. I'm going to compliment you. So, so that's what the app was for, is to, to compliment a store or a location about something or tell them there's a problem. For example, hey, you don't have any toilet paper in the men's restroom. That's, that's, that's complaining. Or, hey, I went into the men's restroom and it was clean as whistle. Awesome. Great job here, guys. And I said, you know, th that's never going to work. work because people, people want to rant or rave. And nobody's going to, to take the time out of their day, nine times out of ten, to rave unless they've gotten really, really received great customer service or a great buying experience. Not going to happen because people don't do that. People would rather bitch about something than compliment somebody. 
So, so the app failed. It didn't do what it was supposed to do. They could, people wouldn't use it because they didn't understand it. Because people like to bitch and moan about stuff. They don't like to say, hey, that's a great idea. That's a great way to do things. They don't come up and, and, and tell people they did a great job. Here's the thing in a store. I don't know about how you feel about this, but in a store, when I'm in a store, um, I expect great service. And you've got to give me fantastic service for me to go out of your way, out of my way, to go to your manager and say, hey, God, that guy, you don't let that person go. That guy right there, he's a keeper. You got to... They've got to give me great service. I expect great service. I expect great service. That You should expect it as well. Are we getting that today in our stores? No, because no one expects it anymore. They don't demand it. When there's a problem, you go to the manager and you say, hey, listen, no times are tough, but come on, man. You, you can at least keep the aisles clean. You can at least have enough carts in the store. All the carts are out in the parking lot. Well, I don't have anybody here to go get them. You're here. So I told the manager, no carts. Well, why aren't you out there getting them? Doesn't the buck at this store stop with you? Now, when all the carts are there and I walk in and I take a cart and I go down the aisle, I expect that to be the experience. I don't expect to have to go to customer service and find out why the fuck there aren't any carts in the store and the manager's sitting upstairs on his fat ass doing nothing, expecting somebody else to go do it when he doesn't have the people. That was his, that was his excuse. Well, we just don't have the people. Why aren't you out there getting them? See, that's the difference between being a business owner and being an employee. Because as a business owner, when my van broke down, we had a work van that broke down. Nobody, guess who went and got it? I went and got it. I'm the boss. I shouldn't have to be doing that shit. But guess what I did? Because it was the thing that had to be done at the time to make business continue to move. I gave um, this um, metaphor in a speech a couple of weeks ago. And, and it's true. Uh, I travel all over the nation. And um, I've been writing down these stories. I, I'm calling it my the, the a view from the right, a view from the right lane, and um, it's interesting because time and time again, traveling the nation, uh, you get into the fast lane, the passing lane, and it's just blocked up. Everybody in the fast lane is going slow, and you look over, and if you're on a three lane highway, you know the middle lane's open for twenty cars, but everybody's in that fast lane going slow. Passing on the right is not against the law. So, boop, out, up, in front of everybody, find out who's doing under the speed limit, slowing everybody else down, and I get, get off, and I'm in front of them. Down the road. Why? Well, because I look at that person that is in the fast lane, the passing lane, no different than government. My car will do 180 miles an hour, but the government says I can only do this speed in this area. Well, kind of, because I can go as fast as I want until I'm caught. They got to catch you first. So I got a radar detector. I got a fast car. Uh, <laughs> uh, I like to drive fast. It's no secret in my family. I haven't had a ticket, knock on wood, in, in almost 25, 30 years. So I've been doing, I've been doing good. My point is, though, is that person, and you've seen it, you've been in traffic, the person at the head that is going the speed limit in the passing zone is holding everybody else back. 
And everybody else in that fast lane believes that they're going as fast as they can go. They're not looking to the side of them and seeing that that lane is completely wide open and they could wide go wide open as well. They don't do that. They stay in that lane because they're in the fast lane and they're going as fast as they can go. Only because somebody in front of them is going slow. Folks, that's the problem in this nation. We, we've been taught to play by the rules and, and the rules are wide open. We've seen that. The people that are currently in power aren't playing by the rules. They're not abiding by the Constitution. I mean, I understand that there's people on this app that do not like me and do not like Donald Trump. I, I get that. And I don't like everything about Trump, like his policies, like his economy. Can't stand to listen to the man speak. Never been able to. I couldn't, I couldn't, even when he was on The Apprentice, couldn't listen to him talk. He's not an orator. Bill Clinton? Love Bill Clinton. I could listen to Bill Clinton talk all day. Tell a story after story. Don't like him. Don't like his policies, but I can listen to him. Because he's a great storyteller. Obama, everything that, everybody thinks that he's the great speaker. No, he's not. He's a terrible speaker. Terrible. He can read a speech, though. You give him a teleprompter, Obama can deliver a speech almost as good as a minister. Almost. Hate his policies. You see... I can tell you things about people that I like that I also dislike. Joe Biden, for example. I'll just about bet in Joe's younger days, he was the guy to party with. I'll just about bet he was. I'll bet Joe Biden had a good time. I'll bet if he wasn't, you know, d demented right now that he'd still be having a good time. And you can tell because his son has a good time. Don't like his policies. You see, that's what it's like to have neighbors, what ends up happening is, is, is we end up vilifying people left and right and trying to put them into a box of how bad they are and how, how, how good they are. And if they voted this way, they're the most evil people on the face of the earth. They're, they're this, they're that. They're our neighbors. Neighbor across the street from me, biggest lib on the face of the earth, love playing poker with him. We debated on politics. That wasn't the majority of what we talked about. But I got along with him. I got a buddy who says, I can't get along with anybody who does that. If they don't believe exactly what I believe, I, I fuck them. And I, I don't do that. Because we got to be able to get along with each other. You know, another story is, is that there's a car wreck. And in the car wreck, people jump out. The car, the car wrecks, flips over, and it turns on, you know, bursts into flames. And, and here's what's amazing to me. Americans don't, uh, don't run up to that car and look at the bumper sticker and go, okay, well, who'd they vote for before I save them? Who'd they vote for? We don't do that. So if you would save the life of a complete stranger who's burning up in a car, pull them out and see they've got a, a Joe Biden sweatshirt on or a, a Trump sweatshirt on or a hat or whatever. And all of a sudden, go, I have no use for you. Let them die. Let them burn. That's un-American, folks. It's disgusting. Now, the other night I was, uh, I was on a podcast and I had one of my famous rants. I, I heard they're famous. Um, I went on a rant and when I got done, one of the members of the, 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 the group, uh, a Democrat, said, why are you so angry? Why are you so mad? I go, what do you mean? I'm not mad. I'm not angry. I'm passionate. But you're screaming and yelling because I'm passionate. If I was mad, I'd be breathing hard. I'm not even breathing hard. You're breathing hard. You're all upset about what I said. You're <laughs> over here, couldn't get his breath. He wanted to get it out so bad. 
I had just been yelling and screaming for five minutes straight and stopped just like I'm talking right now. No breathing hard, no nothing, because I wasn't mad. I didn't, I didn't uh, uh, kick off my fight or flight response. He had. He was upset about what I'd said. There are illegal people. Yep. If you rob a bank, you're an illegal person. You're in the bank illegally. Taking the money illegally. That makes you illegal. No different than crossing the border illegally. By the way, for those of you who say, well, that's a terrible term, then get it changed because that's the law. That's what's in the law. I didn't write it. It didn't say undocumented. In the law, it says illegal aliens. If you want that changed and you want that modified, then go change the law. But don't tell me that I'm wrong about what I'm saying and that I'm a racist or I'm a hater. I'm not. You see, here's what you don't understand about today's America. We are a melting pot, a true melting pot. No other nation on the face of the earth is like us. Name one. Name one they call the melting pot. You see, you can't. And the reason you don't know about this is because the majority of people have not traveled anywhere else other than here in the States. And when you get outside the United States, what you realize is, is how unracist we are. Go to France. See how they treat you as an American. They don't even care what color you are. Go, go, go to, uh, go to, uh, um, uh, what was it, um, uh, the, 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 what is it? Oh God, Dutch. Um, I'm thinking New Zealand, but that's not it. Uh, um, it'll come to me here in a minute. Like Switzerland, for example. Switzerland's a great example. Um, the left keeps saying that they want to be more like those Northern European nations. You know, the socially democratic, that's what they want. Well, you go talk to them. They're not, they're not socialist. They're highly progressive, but not socialist. They have a capitalistic society. They've just got high taxes. But they're not socialist. You know what they are, though? 98% white. Why do the Democrats keep idolizing a group of people that are racist? That only 98% of their country, or 2% of their country, is something other than them. And I'm not talking, that's everybody. 90, about 98% of uh, Switzerland, I believe it's Switzerland, I can't remember for sure. Don't, don't say it's Switzerland. It's, it's one of the, um, God, I can't remember what they're called. Um, that may be because it's a one bourbon night. I lied. It's not a one bourbon. This is going to be a full bottle night. When I say one, one bourbon, it's one bottle of bourbon tonight. But the left idolizes nations that have very strict immigration policies Oh, that's not why we, that's not why we, no, we, we do it because of their crime rate and their homicide rate and their, really, do tell. You know that when you take, when you take the largest blue cities and you take their crime rates out of the statistics that gun, gun deaths in this nation fall precipitously below everybody else on the planet. If you get the most violent blue cities out, the ones with the strictest gun control laws, again, they say one thing and it produces another thing. But if you want to talk about racism in this nation, travel, go travel, go to Germany, go to Italy, go to France, go to Great Britain. And you come back and you tell me how racist we are. You have no idea. You've only got what you've been told. Did we have a racist past? We did. 
And the moment that the South became red, turned conservative, all that bullshit stopped. Isn't that interesting? Well, the, the South flipped. All those racists became Republicans. And then they stopped doing that shit they'd been doing. Isn't that odd? Isn't that strange? When's the last time you heard of, you know, cross burnings in the South? They don't happen anymore. Why? Because it's conservative, you dumbasses. It just cracks me up. You have to ask simple questions. Simple questions should have simple answers. Like, why is the sky blue? The oxygen. It's full of oxygen. And oxygen is colored blue. When hit by daylight, we see it as the color blue. Got any more stupid questions, kid? My, my granddaughters were over yesterday. <laughs> they are full of a ton of questions. They're easy to answer because they're, they're simple questions. So let's wrap up by talking about simple questions. What year did your, your son die, sir? What year did you serve as president or vice president of the United States? Everybody sees it. I get it, guys. I get it. When Reagan was in office and this talk was happening in his last term about him may being a little over, and he probably was, uh, they did the same thing for him, and I didn't agree with it then either. I understand the cognitive dissonance. Well, we, we can't let him take Joe out. We like Joe. We don't like that other guy. He's terrible. But at the end of the day, if Joe ain't running shit, who is? They're not elected, folks. And regardless of what you might think, Joe's the president. I'm going to say it point blank. Joe's the president. I don't agree with his policies, but I respect the office and what they're doing to the office of president. What they're, the image that they're, they're portraying to the, the rest of the planet right now is dangerous. It's a dangerous game. I just heard um, we're fearing Taiwan, you know, the Taiwan, the Taiwan issue. But I just heard, oh, um, Venezuela is, is massing troops at the border uh, with Guyana. What? The world's on fire. That's what I've been telling you for the last four years, that this day would come, that we would get here. I wasn't crazy then. I'm not crazy now. And I tell you now, if you've been listening to me the last, for the last four years, get prepared because you ain't seen nothing yet, baby. What Victor Hansen David said, or I always get his name, it's Victor David Hansen. I always get his name screwed up. Uh, Victor David Hansen, uh, what he said is true. What you're seeing right now is nothing, nothing. Because right now they don't have control. They need con complete control. So does it get worse between now and the election? I think it does. Do they allow Trump to be president? We'll see. He's leading in the polls, but he was doing that last time. So what you should do is you should buy my new plan on how to save yourself. It's only $14.95. No, I don't have anything to sell. I'm fucking with you. I know that, uh, by the way, I don't have anything to sell, but, you know, I just thought about that. Um, Mr. Freedom Stick does. There's a, if you might want to look around, if you're interested, he actually built some program on how to save yourself. I haven't looked at it yet. Uh, he sent me the video the other day. I, I've got to take a look at it. But um, he's the guy. If you want to go buy something, go buy something from him. And no, he doesn't give me a piece of it. I don't see any money from anything of that that I do here. Uh, let's see here about the bridge. Let me see. Uh, did you watch Tucker's interview? I did. Uh, wasn't it funny? Tucker's interview with Putin. Interesting. Um, it was a history lesson on Russia, some propaganda, and the left lit their hair on fire. I assume that that's how they, they light the dumpster fire that they're 
in charge of right now. So it starts with their hair and something else in the dumpster catches on fire and that's how it happens. Uh, it's over stupid issues like this. And then they turn around and they try to preempt it by having Joe come out and, and give his presser and it was a debacle. I mean, the left is now turning on Joe because they see it. They, they're getting embarrassed. Oh my God, we're going to lose because, because Joe's, well, we've been telling you that for the last four years. No, he's okay. He's he, he's old. Yep. Old and feeble and can't remember shit. Doesn't even remember when his, his son died. Trust me. Unless I got dementia, I'm going to remember the date of my son passing. Unless I got dementia, I would remember when I was vice president of the United States. Unless I got dementia. So to answer your question, yeah, I watched that. But I, I folks, a lot of what I do is I look at, at two different sides of things, right? And try to counter uh, Occam's razor, which is the, the most common answer is generally the solution of the answer. Uh, and we're being told a bunch of lies. And so we're being told a bunch of lies from both sides. I kind of all put them together and say, this is what's going on. And they're scared shitless. They're scared. That's why they're, they're putting Joe out there. I, I think that last night's deal was on purpose so that they can move past it. So the entire nation sees what's wrong. They knew that report was coming out and they, they're trying to, they're trying to get the spin ready because they're going to get rid of Joe. Joe can't stick around. Not going to happen. So they stick through him with the, uh, they, they stick with him through the, um, through the convention and then after the convention, when they don't need anybody anymore, they don't need delegates, the caucus can just put the new person in. That's what will happen. And so they'll come together and they'll, they'll say, here's our new guy, and that's who you'll vote for on the Democrat ticket. That's why Joe hasn't done any uh, – I don't know if you know this, by the way. There's been no spending, no major spending from the Joe Biden campaign fund. None. Haven't spent a dime. They've done a couple commercials, but that's it. No big spends. None of the millions of dollars of spending $100 million on a national, really, nothing, none alike, none alike. They're saving that. They're saving that for whoever's coming up next. These are the things when you're in politics that you take a look at and you go, okay, well, that ain't right. Why aren't they doing that? Oh, I know why they're doing it. Because you start strategizing as to what you would do if you were in the same position. And that's where you war game it. And when you war game where they are right now, they're not in a good spot. The economy's tanking. The, the world's at war. Uh, you've got Putin that they're afraid of. They're afraid of. And then Putin says, no, we don't have a problem with the U.S. Just, just let us get this shit done and get these people out of here and get the Donbass area back. And, and we're going to clear out the, the neo-Nazis neo throughout Ukraine. And then we're going to go back. They got a problem on their hands. At the meantime, they got a guy who can't walk stairs, ride a bike, or talk. That's the leader. So they got to do something. So this is the play that they're going to do, and they're going to hope that the Democrats, that the the liberals, that they bite onto it, and they say, okay, yeah, we'll get behind, we'll get behind Gavin Newsom, and we'll do uh, whatever. And then they 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 say, well, Gavin just came from behind and just beat Trump's pants off. And we're going to have four more years, eight more years of the status quo. Bullshit. Can't have that, folks. So you've got to get involved now. You've got to be involved now. You've got to be ready to go at a moment's notice and not be waiting for Q to drop in and save you. Where's Q? Where's Q at, guys? I've been saying for three years now, Q's bullshit. I've been waiting. Oh, you don't know. He... He dropped another drop the other day, and he said that John F. Kennedy Jr. is going to be risen from the grave on the third day of Easter. Really? 
You got that from all your, your monies and your numbers and everything. Folks, you can hate my guts for saying what I'm saying, but if the longer you wait for somebody to save your ass, the longer you're going to be in this hurt. There is no cue. I'm sure there's a cue. I'm sure there's somebody out there. I don't know what it is, but they ain't saving your ass. They ain't doing it. It's going to take you. And if you're afraid of your government, which is how I started this, this is how I'm going to wrap it up. If you're afraid of your government, if you're afraid of going to Texas, or you're afraid of going to Idaho, or you're afraid of going to Indiana, or if you're afraid of going to Kentucky, because the feds might come get you, they've already won. You've lost. You've given up your rights to travel. You're not doing what you want to as an American because you're afraid that they'll come get you. Like the secret police of Russia. You're worried about Putin? You on the left, you're worried about Putin? We got that shit right now in the US. We've got political prisoners that are sitting in prison right now because they didn't like how the election turned out. Did they, should they have gone in the building? No, they shouldn't have gone in the building, but it's their fucking building. They didn't burn down the building. More importantly, they didn't walk down the street and burn down other people's buildings. They didn't burn down private property. They didn't do shit to private property. First insurrection in US history ever, ever to be shut down by a curfew. When the mayor said, hey, we're putting a curfew in at six o'clock, get your ass home, guess what happened? All those insurrectionists went home. Because that's what they do. When they're going to overthrow the government, that's what they do. When the mayor says, go home, we put a curfew in place, they obey the law and they go home. And if you believe anything other than that, then you're brainwashed. I want America to come together, but to come together, we got to understand certain things about each other. And we've got to get away from this vitriol of the people who monetize hate. They monetize hate. They want us to hate each other. They want it to drive a wedge in between us on this issue or that issue, this issue, that issue. And you hate that person because they believe differently than you. Tribalism. And at the top, they're sitting pulling all the strings. You think you're in control of your life and all you're doing is dancing someone else's dance. That's why people like myself and others um, may be refreshing and threatening at the same time because I don't dance to somebody else's string pulls. I do what I want to do. When the Republican Party in the state of Indiana said, you better watch what you're saying about COVID. You better watch what you're saying about Governor Holcomb. If, if you don't stop saying that, we're going we're gonna to take away your $400,000 a year you're getting paid to be, to be part of this group. We're going to take that away from you. That's what they said. Fuck you. You don't owe me. I say whatever I want to fuck. I, I say whatever the fuck I want to say. I'm an American citizen. Oh, well, well, Kramer, you have your free speech, but there's consequences to what you say. So you're telling me that if I tell people that they have constitutional rights and that they shouldn't support Eric Holcomb as governor because he's, uh, he's uh, fucking with their rights. See, I knew I needed it. Whenever I start to miss words, I can't find the word. I need to take a drink. That's the new rule. This is, what, this is what you have to understand, America. Is that unless you exercise a right, which means if you've got somebody who's tyrannical, they may put you in jail. But unless you exercise that right, you don't have a right. You have permissions. You don't have rights if you have to ask to exercise them. Ever had to ask permission to go check out a book out of the library? 
ever had to go to the government and say, hey, can I buy this book? Can I get this book? Can I, I want to go to the bookstore and get this. Do you have to? Nope. Second Amendment, you do. The one right that they said, don't fuck with this one. Do not fuck with this one. There's 20,000 laws on the books fucking with that one. How many laws are on the books for the First Amendment? There are none. You, there's no restrictions on the First Amendment for, for, for legal speech. You can't defame somebody. You can't slander somebody. You can't ruin them with lies and misinformation. Stormy Daniels, E. Jean Carroll, which, I, oh, by, by the way, is a tangent real quick. Uh, I think it's hilarious. E. Jean's, she just got $83 million. She ain't got shit. She ain't got shit yet. Nothing. She got her $5 million payday for her book or whatever the fuck that was. That was her payday. She'll never see a dime of that $83 million. Remember when you you were praising Michael Avignati uh, and um, Stormy Daniels that she was going to take Trump to the bank? And what ended up happening? She ended up paying his legal bills. Because at the end of the day, folks, when it gets in front of real justice, where you get away from these judges that are trying to make a point, and you get in front of a judge that looks at the law and says, this is what the law means. In this context, this is how it's used. Right always prevails. As long as you're getting justice. And I want that for everybody. I think that that's what the black community has realized more than anything else than what's going on with Trump right now is that they're saying, I, I, I can join him because he's being treated exactly like our community has been treated by these, these rogue DAs for years. What Kamala Harris did to her own community is unconscionable that she had the information to free somebody and she refused to do it because she would have lost a case. There's a point where we're all going to come together. I feel it. We'll all come together. We will. It'll probably be because of a, due to an alien invasion from space. That's when we'll come together. Unless there's trans on that. There's trans aliens. We may have some problems. See you later. Bye. You're watching Princess.